my name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses, and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. Welcome, biohackers, to another episode of Biohacking Bestie. And today we have another beautiful special guest, Sean Wells, who I have heard of before I even met you. Because every time I was at some sort of biohacking conference, everyone's like, "Have you heard of Sean Wells? You're like, you're quite a legend in the industry." And I'm like, "Who is Sean?" And the answer was always the same: "Oh, just the world's greatest formulator." I'm like, "Okay, duh." So then we ended up meeting in my hometown Warsaw and I just fell in love with you as a person because oh. you're just such a good human. Thank you. I, I just love you and like so genuine and you care and you not only make the best supplements, but I think the intention and the energy behind why you do that is what makes them the best. That's my theory because you really, really care and it's not very common. You're also the author of The Energy Formula, a book that has traveled with me across the world, as you can see. It's actually so informative. It's almost unfair how much information you put in there. You should be charging a, a lot of money for this. I was like, wow, he literally put everything here. Like, it's like a little Bible that you can just keep in your kitchen. It's like, okay, what do I take? What's good, what's not? So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you for you. putting so much free content out there and yeah. for, yeah, for just showing out the way you do. I have a chorus coming out soon on that whole yes. book. So I'm very Amazing. excited about that. So where does one start as a formulator? Like, because I know you have quite an interesting story. Yes. Hero's journey. We mm -hmm. were just talking about this. Yeah. Joseph Campbell. So my hero's journey, like a lot of us in this space, like the wounded healer thing, you know. I had many health issues. I had a very difficult childhood. I'll just say that. I don't like to, to dwell on those I know, those but I topics. think it's so interesting because I used to be bullied in school when I yeah. heard you share that. I was like, yeah. isn't it funny that when you're an odd one and the yeah. people can feel it and they end up bullying you and I guess it builds resilience, but also it makes you feel quite lonely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I'm on the spectrum to some degree, like neuroatypical. I mean, there's, there's a lot of us out there that are, that are intelligent, that are highly emotionally perceptive, but maybe we're awkward when we're growing up and yeah. Or we I just don't want to buy into the mainstream or are we just like, well, it doesn't resonate. I'm not going to pretend like it does. I'm not going to be the sheep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very powerful. Yeah. So I did get bullied quite a bit when I was a kid for being overweight because of a lot of things that were going on at home. I tended to overeat. I also became body dysmorphic, uh, disordered eating really bad. I, I went from being someone that was binge eating to being anorexic later on. I went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds. And what kind of time period? Less than two years. Wow. Like that was, yeah, it was, it was dramatic. Like, and even at 150 pounds, like it was very distorted thinking, like where I just didn't think I was lean enough yeah and I was just bones like some people that would see me were just like horrified at like how I looked and uh, I remember like peeing and then like getting on the scale and like being excited that I was like a pound less or, you know it was just an obsession well and, very and I love that you share that because again we live in this patriarchal world when it's like okay it's okay for a woman to be obsessed with looks but kind of for a man it's a big no-no you just meant to look hot but not care 
that right and so for you to share that story i was like oh i have so much more empathy i guess i did never really took into account that for men it's the expectation is still there but there's way less yeah. understanding and, and well i and i had a i had a big butt i still have big legs i have strong legs but when i was growing up i had the kind of uh female fat distribution of you know the big legs big butt And again, I was very overweight because of overeating and binge eating and eating junk food and trying to satiate yeah. myself from all the pain I was dealing with, that it led to everyone at school, even teachers would like make fun of me, call me mm -hmm. fat ass, fat fuck, like all these terrible things. And it just, it beat me down. I mean, I would cry all the time. I ended up using humor, like becoming the class clown to kind of deflect and dissociate and deal with it and yeah. have some kind of connection because it was, yeah, it was brutal. And that led into all the disordered eating. I wonder why kids are so brutal. Your story brought me back to my middle school. We had also a very tall, bigger guy in school. I remember a lot of the guys would make fun of him and him being kind of like closed down. And it just like your story just brought me back to that moment, seeing him and the intimidation, the, the kind of like the tension that he would walk into school or any social setting. So how can one even make friends if you feel like, oh, any potential new person is going to make fun of me and just see me for my body, not for who I am. They don't really care who, who's on the inside. Exactly. And, you know, when you're rejected by the guys because you're not alpha male enough, mm -hmm. you're not an athlete, you're not cool, and then rejected by the women because you're not attractive to them. And then even like when it was okay for like when I was coming up for teachers to even like join it, like it's yes. horrifying now, but like. You know, I would get made fun of by teachers. I remember one French teacher would make fun of me all the time. And yeah, those are the things I was dealing with. So like I had a very poor self-image and I was already shaken in terms of my identity from my childhood and, and years of abuse. So I ended up becoming depressed, suicidal, again, disordered eating, body dysmorphia. And then that led into a lot of autoimmune issues. Because I just hated my body and I was doing yeah. abusive things to myself, gaslighting myself just to about feel, how disgusting right? yeah. I was. Like I was telling myself that all the time, that you're not good enough, you're disgusting. You know, I, I literally dreamed of taking like knives or cleavers and like cutting fat, hacking fat off my body because I just hated my body. Well, yeah. I have this theory that we store fat because we don't feel safe. Yeah. It's our like safety suit. Totally. And the more unsafe you feel in this world, when you go around and every single person is just a threat, you're going to put on more weight. I have goosebumps saying this because I really feel like it's such a catch 22 because you will never lose weight if you're imagining yourself with a knife cutting it off. Like Agreed. That's why like, you know, all this biohacking and supplementation and paleo and keto, all the things I did were amazing steps along the process. But probably the most profound one for me was when I did my first psychedelic journey Ooh. and learned to literally love myself for the first time. You just touched on so many things. Number one, I feel like nothing makes sense. No biohacking in the world, no losing weight. If you're doing it from a place of hate, right? Like 
even supplements. If you take a supplement, you're like, oh, metabolism booster because I'm a, you know, I'm so fat and like terrible. Or you can take that. I'm like, let me support my body. It's doing so much for me. That's going to be just like a little boost for me to feel better, right? Two different energies to go behind. And if you don't truly love yourself, it doesn't matter if you're going to be 120 pounds with your height or I'm going to be 80. It's never going to be good enough. And I'm sure you can tell that you losing all that weight didn't make you happy because it's not about the weight. Exactly. And this is where, you know, originally biohacking was kind of ultra masculinized, you know, the Ben Green, no offense, like Ben Greenfield to these guys is they're my friends, but Ben Greenfield, Dave Asprey, you know, Tim Ferriss, whoever, like all these guys are like, like trying to do the most extreme things. And like, like I'm going to pulling a muscle, right? Like Tim yeah, Ferriss like, had this like Ted talk where I'm like, oh, this is where I'm pulling my muscle. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And injecting urine. And yeah. it's like, what is that? Like, like the more crazy it gets, like the more like yeah. masculine and cool and biohacking and extreme it is like, who's yeah. the most extreme and like, who's injecting the most needles, taking the most pills and and there is stuff to be learned out of that. That's the kind of new technology that, that we should employ, we should understand. But there's also like going back into self-care and ancient wisdom. Mm. And the feminine is now coming into health optimization, or if you want to call it bio- biohacking, where we're now looking at sun gazing and forest bathing and journaling and breath work and plunges and, you know, all these different things that we're doing, like, intimacy i mean intimacy like how important is that not just you know sex and like guys tend to think of sex as like performance and like i gotta knock it out yeah i could get kind (laughs) of graphic here but it's like you know it's like we're rating ourselves and this is like the biohacking thing like what's your score like how much money do you make how big is your penis like what kind of car do you drive like it's like everything's a metric and like we don't take a step back and like are you enjoying your life like, are you connecting with this other person? Are you connected to yourself? Do you love yourself? So for me, that's where I was my whole life was just on these metrics and gaslighting myself if I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And I love that, you know, through this path of psychedelics that I finally learned to love myself for the first time. It was like, it may sound like if I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm going to say like, hey, you should love yourself. You're going to say, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I heard that before. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> like, right. Like that makes sense, but it's a whole different thing when you anchor it and feel it. Yeah. So let's go there. So yeah. what was, let's paint a picture. Where were you? How did it happen? It was New Year's Eve right before COVID going into 2020. I was at a celebrity's house with a lot of celebrities and I actually was feeling my imposter syndrome as a result. <laughs> wow. Um, and you lot. know, a lot of celebrities just before you came in, you shared quite a few names. I was like, what? Yeah. You know, everybody. Y- yeah. Without name dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do. I I do know. But it's like at the same time, like I think to a certain point, especially at this point in my life, like I was always compensating, you know, kind of going back to the the demeasuring concept that I was talking about before. Like I'd always walk in the room and like, hey, I'm Sean Wells. I'm the world's greatest formulator. And I've done this and this and this. And I give someone my resume and they're like, "Okay, (laughs) like, cool. Like, you know, it was very compensatory and like very Mm -hmm. insecure and that was the place I was coming from but this was like such a big room that I was like I kind of just like shriveled up and like kind of kept quiet like the whole time sorry to interrupt but it's also funny how 
it shows you your the point of view if you walk into a room of celebrities and you feel like you're not big enough it just shows that you still look at the value of people mm-hmm. through the lens of how much money they have great Cause, point right because successful if success means money and fame to you you're gonna yeah. feel not yeah. you know equal if success means i just fucking love myself yeah then you feel like I totally. feel great that person doesn't look like they love totally. themselves so, right? So 100%. I have 100% evolved to what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah but now, it's right? it's taken yeah. some work. But yeah, like I ended up doing around five grams. And like, so I went in like pretty deep. Five grams of? Psilocybin. Okay. So I had, you know, I was like seeing things move and the colors. And like, you know, someone walked up. Like I was like in a cuddle puddle too. Like I was in... Um, a very platonic marriage at the time. This is part of what I ended up working through. We ended up doing a conscious uncoupling. She's still a best friend, a business partner, still love her very much, but we, we got divorced is the idea of conscious uncoupling, but with love. Like we actually Mm. did a session with a very famous psychotherapist that uses MDMA. And we had the most like loving, separation mm. ceremony but anyway like a lot of that came out of that but i oh, that didn't sounds, i want to hear more about this as well. <laughs> That's so good. i didn't know how to to love myself i was gaslighting myself all the time i did hate my body i did i was working 80 to 100 hours a week i was on you know ben greenfield and tv and all these things and it was always like okay ben greenfield i got to get on joe rogan if i got on this tv station i got to get on that tv station it's like i was on this stage in front of 10 i need to get in front of twenty thousand. I i made this much money i need to get double that next year like i got this car i need to it's exhausting and it and, doesn't stop and it doesn't stop there's always someone better bigger whatever and, and that's no one what, i'm sorry to say but no wonder your marriage didn't work out because it will sure. never yeah you will never if you didn't love yourself you can't you know, 100%. Let the other person love you. 100%. And yeah, I mean, she was still is a wonderful person that I'm very connected to. But yeah, it was always platonic too. And like, but you're right. I mean, I just, I didn't have the capacity to... To receive love. To receive love. Therefore, couldn't give love to myself or yeah. others. I mean, I would say that I was very caring and compassionate, but it was also like draining. Yeah. You know, because I wasn't learning how to like fill myself up in the process yeah because you, you did it from a place of trying to prove to others that you know yeah I'm, people I pleasing yeah. obligation yeah, yeah exactly so when i got in this space and i was in this cuddle puddle and i had a mom of twins that was a medical doctor that just sat next to me and watched me and she was there for me and held space for me and i felt like because of that that allowed me to lean in because this feminine wow caring clinical mom energy was there and she was very just beautiful as well she was just kind of all the things and it was just the perfect person to like allow me to go deep and then I had people kind of laying around me because I was just in the middle of this like floor in the living room where they had kind of put down like you know sometimes you call it like a pallet of you know pillows and blankets and all the things and I was just, I couldn't move because I was just way in. All these other people, I think, took about half what I was taking. So they were kind of like laying next to me, coming in and out. It would be like one of those time-lapse things that you might see in a movie where it's yeah, like yeah. people are kind of coming in and out and in and out and in and, and out. And I'm just like, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing because I was just mind blown. You know, that first time, like when you go into that space and it's safe and you're doing it with the right facilitators, which I did. And I'm still best friends with these facilitators today. And I've gone 
through probably 50 journeys with them all over the world, all kinds of medicines. Like because I'm a biochemist, I wanted to explore them all and understand them all and do a lot of kind of internal work. But I came out of that experience like just like, wow, like people were laying next to me and telling me all these amazing things and were being so loving. And I didn't tell them who I was. I didn't tell them why I was important. Mm. And I was like, they loved me for me. Yeah. I was like, that's possible. I always thought love was conditional. Love had to be earned. Love is fleeting. It's always like just out of your reach. Yeah, it's earned. And this idea of like, I can just have love and give love and it doesn't need to be earned and I can just be myself. I don't have to like do, I can just be. (laughs) Like for me, that was like, I remember just like everyone else was asleep and I was just staring at the ceiling like, oh my God. (laughs) Like that, that was like the most profound epiphany. Like serendipitous like just for it to like come in it was mind-blowing anchored to my heart forever changed and it sounds so simple to tell someone this idea but it's so different when you truly feel Feel it it. so you're a biochemist Mm -hmm. obviously your entire life is built around science yeah and here you are taking plant medicine (laughs) right so i uh you know i somehow end up talking about plant medicine almost on every podcast because uh, <laughs> i grew up in poland with this idea that you know they're drugs even up until this day my mom's like you're still taking those drugs i'm like mom it's ayahuasca it's plant medicine so it's not exactly drugs and to me i would you i wouldn't take half of the things that are in the pharmacy right yet they are normalized right you know i had an eye surgery i was given a kind of like narcotic that takes away the pain that got me really depressed even though i took it for four or five days i'm Mm -hmm. trying to remember the name what do you take for pain oxycon yeah yeah benzos and and opioids will just wreck you yeah yet it's okay but then Mm -hmm. plant medicine that can really have a profound impact on the soul level like it changes the whole vibration and makes you not buy into the mainstream bullshit because mainstream bullshit is you need to earn love you know I only care who you are if you're successful, make money, do something with your life. If you're just yourself, you're not worthy my attention. Like, who are you almost in a way? Like, you don't deserve space, whatever. So just like healing from that is really beautiful. And it's not to say that we're we're just going to hide in the forest and never do anything with our lives. We're just going to do what we do from a very different place. There is no power structure. There is no leverage. There is no capitalism without insecurity Mm. without incompleteness the illusion of incompleteness yeah it's it's a trillion dollar industry making you feel like you're missing something yeah and we're always looking for this external validator and this peace that we can reach for externally and the irony is one we need to do the work internally and look inwards but two we were born perfect from the beginning and there's nothing that needs to be fixed. Like it's like God is all around you, but like God is within, you know? Yeah. I always have such a interesting time trying to explain biohacking because yes, human optimization is the official 
explanation and it's very Ben Greenfield Dave Asprey and I love I love Dave like he's amazing but I also feel like where's that feminine gentle mm -hmm. energy of like totally what if biohacking is unlearning everything you were told 100% and just listening to your gut 100% I'm a formulator I'm a biochemist I'm a dietitian nutritionist and I can tell you that those things matter way less than loving yourself and your mindset Crazy if you're to from look you? at yeah, if you're to look at the the blue zones, like where people are super centenarians that live past a hundred, a lot of these people, uh, yes, there are some cleaner diets. They're not eating like ultra processed food and and those kinds of things. But you know, these are people that might drink, that might smoke, that might you know drink coffee all day, or you know have 10 p.m. dinners, like you know these kinds of things. But what is it? Well, it tends to be in these areas that they live by the water, which is very powerful. And yeah. a lot of, I don't know, masculine, feminine, there's like the power of the ocean, but the healing of the ocean, I think it's like very masculine, feminine. They slow down a lot. These are not mm. people that live by clocks. We're so conditioned that we're always late. Guilty. We need to be somewhere. <laughs> Guilty of it. And, you know, if you tend to go to these places, there's island time or, you know, I lived in Costa Rica for a year and, you know, they're always like just so chill, right? Like, yeah. I mean, um, that's why I kind of live half of my time in Bali because it's like, you know, you, if you get one thing done a day, that's good. Yeah. And I come with this like Western attitude and Balinese people are just like looking at me like I'm a crazy woman. And then after a month, I kind of settle in and I just, you know, get used to it. But isn't it funny that we have this idea that we're so unhappy in the Western world, yet we go to all these cultures and tell them to live faster. Totally. Even though they're super happy. Yeah. In Costa Rica, they say Pura Vida. Yeah. And it means like pure life. Like, but it's like, also it's kind of like, down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually like, if you like, you know, show up late, people are like, Pura Vida. You know, it's kind of like, F it. You know, yeah, it's like, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show when I show. And it's very different. And, you know, certainly when you're at restaurants, like, you know, a waiter might take an hour to bring out your food. And it's just, that's the way it is. Like, yeah. you just have to surrender to it. Oh, surrender. And, I guess yes. that's like a beautiful translation of like, surrender to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And very I'm, much. I'm definitely a, the queen of a perfect, you know, movie in my head. This is how it's supposed to happen. And the only tattoo I ever got is 11-11, which is trust the timing. It's always the perfect timing. Not the timing I thought mm. is ideal for me. Yeah. In Peru, there's the, the three animals are kind of like the key energies. And there's the Puma, which is, you know, the masculine, the chase it, go get it, which we need to be in sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need to hustle. I think the, the broken idea is hustle and grind that like Gary Vee promoted. It's kind of like masculine, ultra masculine yeah. or like sympathetic nervous system, ultra sympathetic nervous system. Or I dare to say even like wounded masculine to a point of like too controlling and too hustling. They talk I'm about not. wounded puma, actually. Like, oh, it's, yeah. yeah. And then there's the snake, which is like grounded, but it's like can shed its skin. So it's transformation. And then there's the feminine energy of the condor, which flies the highest of all the birds in the world. And it's kind of, uh, you know, like the bird's eye view and kind of soaring above it all. And that's a powerful place to be, too. Wow. It's a place of... The bird's um, eye view, just say, having this perspective of your life. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then learning how to like kind of 
flow between like the the idea of the flow state is like where you're sympathetic and parasympathetic at the same time where you're relaxed but you're stimulated and that's such a beautiful place to be where you're in your flow you're moving in between right it's not just the space in between it's that you can move back and forth with ease you know you can be puma when you need to be but you can be yeah. You know, it's just like these animals that are so relaxed and playful, but, you know, F with them and they'll take your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. that, that's the energy. And um, that's a beautiful thing. So, that, you know, as I've been doing this work, these are the things I've been learning. I've actually built out like when I was in Poland and then Estonia, I talked about my supplement stacks around psychedelics. So I've been doing like a lot of work there as well. Amazing. So when it comes to supplements, that now that you mentioned, mm-hmm. waste of money or a good investment? I think a great investment. I mean, I believe in them. I take many supplements. I don't take as many as I used to, and I can get into maybe why that is, but our diet yeah, so definitely why, why do we requires need supplements, right? <laughs> supplement. Like when people are like, oh, you don't need supplements. You can get it from the diet. Like our foods, I don't care if you're buying organic. I can show you there's data that looks at like every 10 years where they show like the, the depletion in the soil of all these uh, minerals. And then if you look at like the top 10, this one study looked at like the top 10 fruits and vegetables and they show about a 40% decline in the past 50 years of all these vitamins and minerals. I think people don't realize that it's like the vegetable is as good as the soil. Right. Right? It's like if the soil is not nutrient dense and it's depleted, you're not really getting a ton of that food. So I think it's one of the big reasons why we overeat because we eat for nutrients. We don't eat for pleasure and nutrients. So if your body eats and it's like, well, I'm depleted, you will constantly like keep opening the fridge and looking for nutrients because you will, your body needs energy, needs the minerals, the building blocks, the protein, the whatnot. And, you know, it, we're just not getting it from the food that is available in the store. But here's the thing that takes it up many more notches is think about our EMF exposure with like oh. Wi-Fi and 5G and all these different waves that are coming through, cosmic radiation that's coming through in ways that it wasn't before. We have more than 10,000 chemicals that are being introduced every year. We have no idea what they do and how they're affecting us. And we certainly have no idea how when combined they affect us. Yeah. They say an average woman is exposed to 168 chemicals a day. Yeah. A day. Yeah, and so exactly. Like, even and if ma- you had good quality food, I'm like, it's impossible to even like, exactly. like if you're not thriving and I just, I always say that this is not your fault. And on my website, I have this moment, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And Robert Williams and he it's tells Matt fault. Damon, yeah, it's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. And he's like, yeah. I know. And I'm like, no, it's really not your fault. Yeah. And I think internalizing the blame for your weight for how you look how you feel and feeling you're broken is the biggest thing that i'm trying to unlearn help people unlearn because it's not your fault if you're overweight if you have acne if you have hormonal issues if you're infertile it's not your fault like your your body's just responding to this screwed up environment that we live in and all we're trying to do is unlearn and like remove all of that shit from your body yeah, we're because- getting attacked every day and then we're attacking ourselves because we're not good enough. Yeah, which your body's like, I'm just doing the best I can. And as, like you say in a book, the biggest currency is energy. But we don't have the energy to even educate ourselves because we're so tired that if I say like, hey, just learn biohacking, you're like, I can't be asked. I'm so tired right, right. now that if you ask me to, the, to learn one more thing, I just can't because I don't have the capacity or I don't feel smart enough or I have a brain fog. I remember, I don't know if you saw my photos from 2019, yeah. but like I had 
hair falling out in patches, overweight, acne. If someone told me, hey, biohacking's great, I would be like, yeah, great. But I, I barely, I go from one coffee to another. I have a brain fog. I don't think I can do it. You That's know? called decision fatigue. When you're just like exhausted, you're not going to make, like making better decisions takes more energy. When you have decision fatigue because you are fatigued, because you have what's called insufficient cellular energy and all this kind of stuff, you can go through the science of it. But basically, you're exhausted and you're going to go for whatever's easiest and pleases you in the moment. Yeah. And that's going to be, you know, junk food, porn, like alcohol, yeah. what you know, like quick dopamine hits and... That's where we are. And it's what annoys me as well is that like I see those reels when girls sitting on the couch eating bag of chips and ice cream and she's like, it's normal to be PMSing and eating a tub of ice cream when right before your period. And I'm thinking, no, it's common and it's normalized, but it's not normal. Like if your hormones are balanced, you shouldn't feel that way, right? You shouldn't feel like you want to die. Like I think our default is thriving even if you tend to maybe want to eat a little bit more carbs before your period. But now I know my hormones are regulated. I don't feel like eating a tub of ice cream and a bag of chips and like dying and whatnot. It just comes from this regulated progesterone, right? Well, there's also like, why are you even thinking about it as like, I'm PMSing, like, like it's some disease. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about like this sloughing of like the uterine wall, like that's like your, your, releasing releasing and detoxifying and preparing and you know that you can hold a baby create a baby inside of you yeah that is like the greatest miracle in life and the ultimate thing that we do is creation and that is the feminine energy like when we create art when we certainly create uh, another yeah. life yeah. and then sustain that life and protect that life I mean, there's nothing more powerful. And during these different phases, you have feminine superpowers. And, you know, we're already working on something along these lines. Uh, but you have intuition. You know, you when you have some of that internalization and kind of, you know, dampening that you want to, like, remove yourself from outside forces and socialization, that's when your intuition's at the highest. Yeah. You know, there's superpowers that women have i mean all people have but women have through this cycle that is getting just dubbed oh i'm irritable i'm cranky i'm a you know a b word i'm this i'm that you know it's like who told you that yeah. like well because it becomes so it has become so common right and we buy into that idea that you know that's our kryptonite you know you have your period oh that sucks for you you know yeah if you were a man like your life would be so much easier which is literally what i thought my entire life until about three years ago that i'm like i ovulate and you don't this is my superpower sean sorry like that's my unfair advantage i'm gonna use it to my benefit as much as possible instead of like you know feeling like i should be ashamed that that i ovulate or that i menstruate and whatnot so I also I love that you are so involved and a little sneak peek um, I have asked Sean about three months ago <laughs> if yeah. he would kindly agree to create something for for biohacking bestie and for my audience and I dreamed of this perfect supplement for women and how was making the supplement <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing um, and difficult I mean I can tell yeah it's very it's very involved packaging we can talk about this yeah. more indeed I mean packaging is unique 
uh, what, I guess we're, the formula, what we're going like, to execute like really has never been done. Can I tell a little bit? Yeah, about yeah, of course, okay. of course. Okay. I'm very curious, like how the the behind the scenes of the formula, because when you were the telling BTS. me, yes, yeah, um, what did it look like? We're in your apartment. Well, I mean, I'm already like a biochemist and and have done I worked ten years clinically. Um, I'm. I think I'm very astute along a lot of these lines. And, and did you see uh, how many epic formulas that you have created? Over a thousand. Over a thousand formulas. And yeah. Aggie comes along and she's like, do you want us to do something for Hormone for Women? And Sean's like, fuck, that was hard. <laughs> yes, yes. It is the most challenging project I've ever done. And I've done wow. a lot of things. Sorry. But no, I like this is I'm very passionate about it for, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about what you're doing and your platform And a challenge is exciting to me and to really bring about change and to support women and show them their superpower. And so I wanted to make something that there was one capsule for each day, for each phase of the four phases of the menstrual cycle. So we have like, and, and we're going to explain what each one does on each day and like why this is supporting you to reinforce One, you using it every day, but you understanding and understanding your body, not just understanding the supplement and the ingredients and how those support you, but understanding how you have these superpowers and how this is optimizing you, energizing you and putting you at your best so that you can live your best life. And that's Which is your birthright, by the way. Your and, birthright. And yeah. this thriving is, should be your default. And we're here to support it. I am very curious because when you look at the little graph of all the hormones, it's like mm. luteinizing hormone, follicle, uh, you know, um, FSH, LH, FSH, yeah. yes, estrogen, and then on top of yeah. estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Yeah. Most people don't even, most women don't even know they have testosterone, mm -hmm. but we do. And so it's like, okay, this would be good for this. Oh wait, but this is going down. This is going up. There's so much happening throughout the month that I'm very curious of how did you decide what to put when? Because then on top of that, we have hormones that are produced in the pineal gland ovaries, adrenals, right? That also has an impact. And then we metabolize some of our hormones through our gut. So gut support would also be great. And so, and then there's glucose, right? So if yep. glucose is out of whack, our sex hormones will be out of whack. So yeah, I literally went through all, <laughs> like what you're talking about. I looked at the graphs uh, of all the different hormones that are going on, the endocrine cascade, like hormones affect other hormones, affect yeah. other hormones in this cascade. Like this is like the idea of homeostasis, right? And then these hormones affect neurotransmitters and neurotransmitters affect hormones. So I'm looking at all these things and saying what would support these, what would optimize these what would play up those things that are strong. Like to your point, like when our testosterone is up at being a woman during the cycle, that's a good time to be in the gym and maximizing your strength, your weightlifting, your weight training. And, you know, again, like when you're kind of going inwards, when estrogen is elevated and, and progesterone is, is, you know, elevated and testosterone's down and, you know, this is a good time to know pull it in and like you know there may be issues with sleep there may be issues with mood but like i address those things with certain you know like i have a natural ssri in here like what's ssri for so that's a, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and there's of course <laughs> it just allows more serotonin to be circulating but i don't like the idea of them being chronically used like mm -hmm. a lot of these drugs 
Uh, so this is a natural one. And this gets into the whole idea, just like the idea of what's going on with our bodies during this menstrual cycle of this kind of flow, right? Like these waves are happening, like, and it's very, you know, female in that idea of flow and waves and, you know, ebb and, you know, wax and wane, like the moon, you know, all these the kinds moon of and things. The seasons, right? Like, right, we, right. We live exactly. in nature and it's very seasonal and yet we expect humans to. Exactly. Them. So my like supplementation is like the, the same, like where it's not like you're just getting one thing, like all 28 days. It's like addressing this and there's kind of the ebb and flow of all these nutrients as well that are kind of matched up to these waves. So I'm like really excited about this is actually something that I want to do that really I believe could shake up supplementation that's never been done on a on a broader level is yes there's personalization but I believe that when you're supplementing the same level every day because and I get the idea that it's you know this was the dose used in the study so we have to to make claims we have to use this dose from the study and they need to take it for the you know 6 to 8 weeks or whatever it is but what I would like to do is pyramid up pyramid down and this is kind of the idea of the waves of all of these nutrients so that they don't become your status quo they don't become your baseline which is i guess the mistake i did when i mm -hmm. first started biohacking same thing every day every month now i'm gotten gotten to a point in my life where i feel like i intuitively pick what i need today or this yes, week yes that's how i've been supplementing which is intuition Mm -hmm. it's crazy it sounds so woo woo <laughs> I'm like I feel like the old me if if she heard it she would be like she's crazy but you really feel like mm, I used to take magnesium every day now I'm like mm, doesn't feel like the right thing today or like I want this I want that it's kind of amazing kind of like that feminine energy like I think women as herbalists and the ones that are like they would be the one in the village in the tribe like mm, you're not feeling well or you're like low energy let me give you this this and that it wasn't just one size fits all that um this is this is you which yeah, is, I, I mean, love that you as a guy talks about it because it's so rare and right thank you. no it's it's unfortunate that i mean this is where the world will never succeed unless the feminine and masculine are optimized. And I mean this not only with us as people, and unfortunately we're getting told that we're all the same, and that's a ridiculous concept that, I mean, if you look in nature and you look through the last whatever millions of years, this idea is ridiculous, that we have our own strengths and we need to rely on each other, just like sex can't happen without a penis and a vagina. I mean, that's the beauty of of masculine and feminine mm. energy and like that's kind of the most rudimentary like example of that but we can't succeed without that and we need that in ourselves too we need to tap into the masculine and the feminine we need to be the puma yeah. sometimes but we also yeah. need to be the condor like as a man you know yes it's great to have drive but i also need self-care yeah and as a woman you know, you may have self-care and intuition, but there's times that you got to get in the hustle. Yeah, I mean, I would never be able to film any of this without the hustle part, because it's like organizing and putting myself together and no, 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 like obviously, like, yeah. I. Need but to by just... and large, your strengths will be more on the intuition side and the surrender side. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be like a little bit more on the logic side and the drive side. And together, we can be very successful. There isn't like one that's better. Yeah. We need both to succeed. We need both to be healthy as a society, as a person, as a couple. Like, yeah. you know, even if you're a lesbian couple or a gay couple, you still need those masculine and feminine energies. Yeah. Or oh, the polarity, right? So it's yes, like, the polarity, said, like, with exactly. The, in sex, like, 
sex can't happen, I guess, without the feminine and the masculine, right? right? Because it's like, and switching those energies is, it's a lot of fun, especially for, for same-sex couples. But without the polarity, there isn't that fraction and destruction that, that creates fire. The push and the pull, yeah. like all of that. Like yeah. that's, that's how the universe works. Yeah. And so going back to supplements, so imagine mm -hmm. I'm thinking the Aggie from 2019 is watch, listening to this, <laughs> already has the awareness that, you know, feeling sick is not what she wants to, yeah. you know, be okay with anymore. Where do you start supplementing, right? And so a lot of doctors, like that's the thing, you go to a doctor and they're going to say things that not exactly would align with my point of view. I would be super curious to, to hear your take on where does one start with supplementing and what are the common mistakes yeah. to avoid? I mean, the one problem that you see with medication, typically the things that are patentable are these things, they'll look at an enzyme, they'll learn how to block that enzyme, and then that's the pathway, that's the patent. And it's just like when you dam a river or something like that, like you're kind of blocking this pathway from happening. The body will homeostatically like learn how to like, how do we get ourselves back to balance? How do we get ourselves like around this barrier? And that's what happens. Like these medications like tend to work for a week or two, but then what happens for the next month, six months, year, this is when you get like the 30 second, like fast talking, like long list, laundry list of side effects in these commercials because you're not supposed to like block these pathways. That's not healthy long-term to do. And oh, that's I where so I, I have to just mention birth control because yes. it's been given to women as a drug to, you know, it's funny when you look at the history of birth control, mm -hmm. it was prescribed for temporary use of a few months. It's something that women's women are on for decades. Number one question, like I've been on birth control for 20 years because X, Y, and Z. And my doctor said that it's the only cure for endometriosis, but it doesn't cure endometriosis or anything just blocks. no no and really something like dim methylene, yeah would be from broccoli right it's yeah like a, mm -hmm, would be a lot better the ketogenic diet could potentially help with that yeah exactly and that isn't that isn't the best way like affecting estrogen like estrone and beta estradiol progesterone like permanently altering these hormonal milieus is going to have this downstream impact. It's not meant to work like that. And, you know, a lot of times it's these synthetic chemicals and synthetic hormones that we're putting in our bodies that it's just confusing our body and poisoning our body. So absolutely. And this is why, again, you see all these side effects and that's not healthy to be on these things long term. This is why Western medicine is so good at acute care you know, if I want something to help me for a week, yes. If I if I get in a car accident, yes. But long-term, Western medicine is horrible. And this is where Eastern medicine very much prevails because it's holistic. It's taking in the whole idea, the whole image, the whole person. Yeah. And how do we put someone in balance and not push them to extremes that are way out of balance that will cause their body to be irreparably damaged? Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I saw this video. There's this doctor on TikTok and Instagram, and he basically makes fun of other people that promote, I guess, holistic approach to nutrition. And his line is always, hey, if this was true, it would be called science. But because it's not, it's the Eastern medicine mm. or whatever it's called. And I it annoys me because it's like, I think 
the Western medicine doesn't take into consideration the fact that whether you're happy or not with your life, what, what is actually your diet. I have a lot of girlfriends who have like, who had even cancer and they haven't been told change your diet. They're like, kind of like, just stay as you are. We're going to do chemo. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Have your white bread and they're not told clarity. about ketosis, which yeah. would enhance the efficacy of chemo or radiation that's been shown, like would stop the, the growth because cancer is a metabolic disease. Stop yeah. the growth and proliferation of cancer. What does it mean metabolic disease? Because in the book, you basically say that most of the disease in the Western world are metabolic diseases. And if you fix your metabolism in a way, you're going to, to, to heal, right? And so what, what's a metabolic disease? People tend to think of metabolism as, mm -hmm. you know, diets and, you know, things like that, weight loss. But metabolism just means it's something that's happening in your body, like something's being processed, broken down, changed, altered, and all these things are happening on a daily basis. It's different than something that's genetic, and this is who you are, you're programmed, you're damned. Mm -hmm. Like maybe 1% of disease is like born in genetic. Mm -hmm. And 99% of disease is metabolic in nature, meaning we can change it. Mm. It changes. And with our metabolism, we have epigenetic changes, which like is constantly in flux. So even our genes are changing per our metabolism. So really like 99% of disease is, is changeable. And it's yeah. based on what we're doing day to day with nutrition, with working out, with what we're being exposed to, with our mindset. Yeah. So it's all very changeable. And 87% of people are metabolically dysfunctional. That means that we're mitochondrially impaired. And that's mm -hmm. getting into that idea that I was talking about before. The acronym's ICE is insufficient cellular energy syndrome. Or in the brain, it's called brain energy gap, where we're not making enough ATP to run our body. ATP is the energy currency that's made by the mitochondria. And this is why I believe that if you were to back up the metabolic dysfunction, then you're basically getting into mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm -hmm. Which is the, so the little the, powerhouse of the... Yeah, okay, so mitochondria, because it's a very fancy word and people might be scared to, to hear it or to use it. Mitochondria is like we have cells and yep. in those cells we have those little powerhouses. Yeah. And these are the, the fancy word to say that this is your the powerhouse of every one of your cells. Yeah, and it makes the adenosine triphosphate, the ATP, that, that currency for energy in the body. And you may remember whatever it is, seventh grade biology, and, and like you're saying, the, the, the powerhouse of the cell. And in these diagrams, we tend to see one mitochondria, but the more energy intensive the cell is, the more mitochondria there are. There's up to 5,000 mitochondria in a cell. So in a cardiomyocyte, a heart cell, you're going to see 5,000 mitochondria. This is so exciting. So I think, okay, so in layman's term, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I... I'm tired because mm -hmm. I have been, I just had a really bad diet and, you know, I'm just like e eating a lot of carbs. So I'm on this glucose roller coaster up and down. My go-to when I wake up is to have coffee, right? Because caffeine and sugar, because you're, you're exactly your, they've actually shown that when you wake up and you have less than six and a half hours of sleep, that you're insulin resistant in the brain. This is metabolic dysfunction in the brain, which means you're essentially insulin resistant in the brain, which means you're essentially type three diabetic, which means type three diabetic, I type heard. three diabetic, which means that's the same as Alzheimer's in the brain acutely. Okay, so what's type 3 diabetes? That's, that's Alzheimer's. 
That's huh. that's because I, I heard that like for example PCOS is the diabetes of the ovaries, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is basically when a lot of women are. It's like so yep. common. I don't think I have a girlfriend who didn't have hormonal exactly. issues, and that's like half of them have PCOS, mm-hmm. which is again all of us on a vegan diet, starting our day with optimal latte and a smoothie, followed by some mush food that we never chew anymore because you know everything's so processed, and so. Right. Um, my go to is going to be first coffee. So I'm thinking of myself in 2018. I wake up, I have a coffee first thing in the morning and then two hours later, crush. So I have another coffee. Yep. Then there's 2 p.m. and I'm like, oh, I need some sugar because I need to like get it going. But then the evening comes and I'm like, oh, my God, where is the, you know, the cat videos and the Netflix and scrolling on Instagram. And I'm constantly tired. Exactly. I would go to bed. So what is happening? So your, your brain cells, your neurons are insulin resistant acutely because you didn't get enough sleep and so those synapses are firing slower like where you know that electrical uh, signal that's going across these like dendrites these like little arms from cell to cell axons and dendrites and you know in these neurons they're like communicating it's like an electrical signal they're actually firing slower so the idea of like brain fog is true because the electrical signal is dampened and you're not able to take in glucose as well to make ATP. So you're literally in the state of brain energy gap or insufficient cellular energy, and that's because of that insulin resistance in these cells. So you're acutely diabetic in your brain when you're not getting enough sleep. And so is it true that when I drink coffee or when I have caffeine, it's almost like the the caffeine's blocking the receptors telling my brain that I'm tired. But if I work with some sort of nootropics that feeds the mitochondria of Mm. every one of my cells, that energy is kind of coming from my every single cell feeling energized. And so I don't have just like a brain energy. I have like a full body energy. Yeah, no, that's right. It's it's dead on. So it's uh, adenosine inhibition. Uh, Adenosine is the the molecule. (laughs) I I explained it. And this is how Sean explains. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great. I mean, it's it's great. So adenosine is the thing that makes you tired, Mm -hmm. that like initiates sleepiness. Is that a hormone or is that just a A neurochemical? neurochemical. Uh, Yeah. So it's going to when it's inhibited, you're going to be more wakeful. Mm-hmm. But that is like it was a, block. a come at a cost kind of thing. And and here's what's interesting because I have an ingredient that I patented that's a yeah, metabolite of yeah, caffeine. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that's where I'm getting uh, with this. <laughs> but sixty percent of us are slow metabolizers of caffeine. What does it mean? How okay, many hours? So there's there's something called the CYP one A two gene that you can test with, you know, some of these DNA tests. And this has to do with your liver and what's called the cytochrome P450 pathway and how you break chemicals down. And, and how sensitive you are to caffeine, basically. As specifically, well. this yeah. 1A2. Yeah, exactly. This gene is associated with how you break down caffeine. And the difference is massive. And this is true of like almost everything. This is why studies that are done on 18 to 22 year old healthy males doesn't apply because even in those groups, there's people that drop out. There's people on one side and the uh, that are called, you know, they're super responders and then or, or hyper responders and then there's hypo responders or non responders. Yeah. And then you end up with like this statistical average and that's that what doesn't gets even reported. Exist. Yeah. And so even in this like kind of tight group of homogeneousness, it's still like widely varied. 
right? Like we're not looking at females very much and, and it does add to cost, add to complication. Like I conducted hundreds of studies and, and it would be great to have more data, but it is more difficult, honestly. On women, uh, to, to, to conduct data on women. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're harder to recruit, one. There is the menstrual cycle difference that is, yeah. that is a powerful one and has a powerful impact on the physiology day to day. So it's, uh, you need to account for that, and very few studies do, and it ends up costing you know three or four times as much for a study to Which do it well. That- that in general, whenever you hear a study, the chances are the study was conducted on college. College age men. So, and it's also not conducted on 50 year old men. It's yeah. not, con- you know, whatever. And it's, um, so. So just keep that in mind that it's like, there is a study, but also there is your intuition. And mm-hmm. there is also like, it just feels right for me to like, listen to that person or like, this feels like this is something that I perhaps should pursue. Because the two things, oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. There's too many things. (laughs) It's awesome. So so the half-life of caffeine, meaning like how long it takes to clear about half of it out of your body. So think about like you go to half and then another half-life goes to a quarter and another half-life goes to an eighth and another half-life goes to a sixteenth like that. Just to get to half is for some people one and a half hours, for some people Ten and a half hours, like whatever that is, a sevenfold difference. It's a massive difference. Someone could, for all extents and purposes, like clear it out of their body in eight hours. That's a fast metabolizer. And someone else, it could be three days. This is a huge difference. And this is why we're all experiencing this compound very differently. So for some of us, like the especially slow metabolizers like me, like I'm getting like the brain fog, the irritability, the, you know, the sleep disruption and all these kinds of things that are going on that. And when we look at studies, whether it's performance studies with cognitive or physiologic performance, we see that too. Like we just see this statistical average for years, but we didn't understand why it was like so varied. And now we see that the slow metabolizers actually have a negative impact that impairs their performance, both physical performance and cognitive performance. And fast metabolizers show it's, you know, improved to some degree. But this is true of also like heart attacks and strokes. When we look at slow metabolizers, we see more heart attacks and strokes. When we look at fast metabolizers, we actually see a slight improvement. So this is where the data is confusing. And I, you know, have a chemical that's, that's a metabolite, meaning like caffeine can convert into three different things in the body. And one of them is very special that gives you really all the benefits that you're looking for with, and I, and I mean this without hyperbole, like without the side effects, like it's very clean experience in a way that you've never experienced the upside like this. And you you won't have the downside. It's just a super clean nootropic experience that's amazing. We've shown that it it increases BDNF, which is brain derived neurotrophic factor, which is an exciting com- uh, protein that's associated with neuroplasticity. Wow! So that's kind of like your cognitive resilience. Like when we're depressed, we have very low BDNF. Oh wow! And BDNF actually not only protects neurons but creates new ones, so new brain cells. So this is the way to keep the brain young. So it's very exciting. Wow. on how to increase BDNF and actually doing things like brain games and Sudoku and taking a different way to work and learning a new language and learning a new instrument and eating different foods and traveling and, you know, doing things that force yourself to step outside of yourself and learn something new 
you know, using your toothbrush in the other hand, like putting yeah. your belt through the opposite way. Like very these, Jim Quick. I love Jim Quick. Yeah, he these kinds of things are stuff. neuroplasticity, yeah. right? He loves neuroplasticity. So that's key. That's being raised by paraxanthine, this ingredient. Glutathione and catalase are being increased, key antioxidants, and decreased oxidative stress, increased nitric oxide to the brain, so more blood flow, increased dopamine, which is protective to the brain, and in particular with like Parkinson's, decreased beta amyloid plaque, protecting against Alzheimer's. So like this compound is super amazing. And then we don't see the side effects. And also just if it's dopamine, right? Like our cravings are linked to dopamine. If you're dopamine efficient, you're going to crave more food because it comes from a place of like a craving versus just it's not hunger. So right. And this is more of like a sustained dopaminergic experience where you're going to feel like confidence and swagger and productivity, but you're not going to feel like that high and low, high and low, high Mm -hmm. and low that like you know, like we do when we're using Instagram or, you know, porn or lottery or food or, you know, whatever we're medicating ourselves with. So exciting. I feel like the psycho support is not the only supplements we get to work on because I feel like this is just so exciting. But going back to your point (laughs) on mitochondria, like I can speak on those, like some supplements that people could add. I do love that idea of supporting the mitochondria. It's the most exciting thing to me. So... NAD, you probably mm-hmm. heard of NADIVs, that is a key cofactor in creating ATP through the cycle, through your Krebs cycle or citric acid cycle, whatever you want to call it. So how do we increase NAD? Because as we age, we make less NAD. As we're exposed to alcohol, poor sleep, stress, you know, poor food, like all these things lower our NAD production. And then as we age, there's an enzyme that breaks down NAD faster called NADase or CD38. That increases. So there's like all these things that are really stacking the deck against us making enough NAD. So we want to look for ways to increase NAD production. And we also want to look to inhibit CD38 or NADase so that we have more NAD mm-hmm. around. So things like NMN or NR or, yeah. or niacin, the, the full flush nicotinic acid, are things that are going to boost NAD levels naturally. Which Yeah, which is great. I actually supplement that and I do feel a, a big difference in my energy levels on days that I do supplement. I supplement both NR and NMN. Uh, yeah. oh, oh, great. Yeah. And then also... These polyphenols, which happen to be high in the diets of these blue zone. zones people that we talked about, you know, the, think of like green tea as EGCG, red wine, uh, resveratrol, onions and apples have quercetin, catechins and chocolate, terastilbene and blueberries, fisetin, which I'm going to mention in strawberries, apigenin and parsley. These things, the last two are the most potent, even though we always hear about resveratrol, quercetin. And they're decent, but they're nowhere near as good as fisetin and apigenin. Apigenin has a little bit of a sedative effect, which is great in the evening. So I take if, it before sleep. Actually. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. if I was going to you know, plan this out, I would have fisetin in the morning and I would have apigenin in the evening. Yeah. And that's going to stack well with this idea of, okay, I'm boosting NAD levels, and then these polyphenols inhibit the CD38, the NADAs. So you're protecting more NAD. So this is like now the the double whammy for the win. Yeah. And then you can add in some things that support the whole Krebs cycle, like PQQ and CoQ10. And 
Also, there's a mitochondrial antioxidant that may be the next new vitamin. Really exciting one called ergothionine. Oh, and, <laughs> and it's going to be a key nutrient that is seen in the menstrual support product that we're working on from so Aggie. we're gonna be the first you heard it first <laughs> and Here it will my- support your energy levels it's a more potent antioxidant than coq10 than vitamin c than glutathione also with- antioxidants great for skin great for skin great for the immune system it's been shown it helps with recovery from exercise so yeah. this is a really exciting nutrient that the whole world will be talking about. And In Aggies, a few years when they catch up. Yep, Aggie's, <laughs> Aggie's on first. So Ooh, Thanks and, to you, Sean, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and then the last one that I would mention is spermidine. And yes, spermidine is present in sperm. I always get asked that. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you'll get your boyfriend saying like, hey, I'm helping you out. Uh, but, but it's spermidine, from wheat, right? It can be. So like there, there is like um, a fermented pure form that you can get now that you can bypass the kind of low percentage and the kind of gluten source of wheat. So you can get a pure form. I've been involved with one called Pyrmidine that is 100% pure and is fermented. So it's oh, natural, beautiful. vegan friendly. And Spermidine is basically a fasting mimetic. So it actually increases oh, no. autophagy. And autophagy oh, is that. that cellular detox and cleanup. It's kind of like the little yeah. vacuum cleaner. I call it the Marie Kondo of nice. your body because she's like with the sweet yeah yeah it. exactly exactly so i'm cluttering everything that doesn't need to be there well and the worst clutter is what's called senescent cells so these are like kind of dying cells that are actually giving off signals that they're they're dying and decaying and this actually puts your whole body in a process of thinking it's dying and decaying the more of those senescent cells there are like zombie cells and there's yeah. a lot of terms for these but if we can get what's called senolytics, which are things that yeah. you know, lysis means to cut, like if you know uh, Latin, that means it's breaking down these things that are that need to be cleaned up and removed. Yeah. So spermidine is helping do that. And then the one last one I'd give that's, that's now a, a pretty well-studied senolytic is AKG. Oh, and that is one of the intermediates in that uh, Krebs cycle, also called the citric acid cycle. So that would be like AKG, fisetin, apigenin, spermidine, ergothionine, PQQ, CoQ10, NR, NMN, niacin. That's kind of like my ultimate how you kick ass with the mitochondria. That is the energy formula. That's it. No, honestly, thank you so much for for the summary. Like I said, like you ask Sean a question and he actually teaches you everything. You're like, wow, I'm definitely like appreciating that you hold nothing back. This book is incredible, guys. Honestly, the amount of information, the way it's organized with pictures and like tables and summaries, it makes it so easy to start biohacking. So thank you for writing the book and putting yeah. all that effort and so much love. Thank you for the energy behind everything you do. Yeah. You can tell that you care and you create the best supplements in the world from a mm. place of, I just want to see people thrive yeah. instead of cutting corners and taking like you know taking advantage of people that are suffering and i'm here to cheer you on i'm excited about what we're creating it's that's, gonna be that's huge. a key thing with ours like you know we didn't get into like what makes a good supplement but just super quick is there'll be no proprietary blends 
Uh, we're going to list every single ingredient, the form, where it comes from, what the active is, what that percentage is, so it's strength, it's potency, the dose, like everything is clear, listed out, you know exactly what you're taking. There's no cutting corners, as you said. There's yeah. no crap. There's no lies. Like I'm not trying to hide behind anything. And I mean, what I'm we're gonna making, take it every single day. Yeah, like I, exactly. And I know that. Yeah. And, and so I want my friends to take it. Yeah. So we we, we wouldn't want this to be just no. yet another product because there's so many out there. Uh, uh, fairy dusting, right? That's what it's called. Sean, thank you so much. Please follow Sean on Instagram at Sean Wells. Yep. And, and then energyformula.com. Please. And good luck on the course. Oh, Sounds exciting. You. And thank I can't you. wait to host you again soon. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much.